Hey everybody, welcome to Above Board with Canderpath. I am the Rich B and I am here with the John K. Wait, that doesn't sound so good. What do you think? I mean, K? it's not as good as the Rich B. We have to come up with we have to come up with something better than that. I don't know. I, it's got JFK something. I'd like to have like a a creativity brainstorm session with you okay. for my name. I, like right away, yeah. like Johnny K Johnny K pop. I don't know. That just sounds I, good to me. Johnny, John, no, no. Well, Johnny, we'll, we'll think Johnny, on it. What I Johnny's, know, what I know for certain will happen is it's going to hit you at like like one a.m. and you're going to text me with it, and then you're going to push the text through because I'm I'll be like silenced notifications. But you like to do that to me, and that's and I've that's only okay. done it. That's okay. Well, and there's a story behind that because okay, so in all fairness, like John would put his like text in his phone on do not or notification. What's it called? Do not notify or notifications. Yeah. Silence off. mode. I don't know. I always thought that was for everybody else. I didn't know it applied to me. Like, I just felt like, John, of course, anything I would have to say would be desperate to hear it. But I have i don't do that anymore. I respect it. And I would only do it if it was like, if I ever do it, it's an emergency. So today's topic. And so, by the way, welcome me back. Hello. I've been welcome gone back, forever. Welcome back, baby. Dang. We for real, though. I need it, Nimi. I miss you guys, but I'm so glad to be back. Miss Matt, but you know, it's okay. It's, we can't have all three of us. It's just too much. It's just too much. So the two of us is better than none of us. And the two of you is better than none of us. So I'm someday it'll be the three of us together. The three amigos. So, the three amigos. So today we are going to talk about the poison of perfection. Oh, I think that should have some like music afterwards, right? Like, well, let me do it again. Maybe you can edit some music in. Ready? I gotta go. Today, today. We will talk about the poison of perfection. So if there was no if if there was no music, baby. If there's no music in that for some reason when you're listening to this, it's just because John couldn't figure out how to do it. Well so so more more importantly, I I can't stop laughing because the the topic of this is the poison of perfection. And this is now our, our second time recording this. Actually, third, really, um, because of technical difficulties and then the internet went out. And so, I mean, you can't do anything but laugh in that circumstance. So, so literally, John and I were like a solid 10 minutes into our podcast and then his internet crashed. And that was the second thing happened because the first thing that happened was that when I was on, for some reason, it said offline. So we had to double check to see. So we are literally <laughs> realizing the the reality. This is God's way of showing us this was the topic to talk about today. Yes, so let's is. go let's go right into because that's just a lot of people that listen to us. It's a mix, right? It's many of my my followers on social media who I just love. I have the best folks in the world. By the way, after I have to tell you what happened to me in the Bahamas. Did I tell you what happened to me in the Bahamas? No. Remind me to tell you what happened to me in the Bahamas. Okay. Don't forget because everyone's going to be listening. If we don't do it, we're going to get hate. At people are going to be like, Rich never went back to it because you know I have ADD and I forget stuff. Making notes. But, it notes Bahamas, just put down Bahamas. So we we I, we have a lot of people listen to us that are from my social media following who are awesome. And then we have a lot of people that are from your world and the financial planning world from Canderpath. So, also awesome. Awesome. So would you say that in your world of financial planning that people expect perfection? Uh, maybe some do, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, th- I think perfection d- defined as what, right? So if we're talking about you know, communication, how we act as professionals, all that stuff. Yes, for sure. But I also think that when it relates to like, say the markets, it's easy to have this expectation that things always go up and they never go down. And, you know, and that's, that's fair because when you invest, you kind of know when you start investing that 
that, oh, it's going to be rocky and things are going to go up and down. But you can't until you experience that feeling of like this year where the markets have, if unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen what we've seen. What? You know, What's recession? Is there some, a what? A recession? <laughs> yeah. There's no I recession. Mean, interest rates are at an all-time high in recent times. So um, until you experience that feeling, then you kind of realize, you know, oh gosh, okay, this is this is what it's actually like. And so if perfection meant things just always go up and never go down, that's a different conversation. That's probably you're working with an investment professional that's not being truthful. That's like a a Bernie Madoff situation. You're getting a 50% return for five years. Like never, nothing ever goes wrong. So, and then I would say my world of healthcare, obviously people want perfection, right? They, they, they don't want to die. They don't want infections. They want their surgery to go well. They want their cancer to be cured. But you know, what's interesting when you really think about sur- surveys, like when people are surveyed, whether it be in a healthcare setting, whether it be customer service, I want everyone to pay attention to these and look at them very closely. You know, the one, you know, bubble in one to five or one to 10, look at the top number. It rarely, I'm 55. I've never seen it ever says, perfect. It might say very satisfied. It might say excellent. It might say um, definitely yes, but it rarely says perfect. And yet in our minds, we look at that. There are actually people that when they do surveys go, well, I can't give them a 10 because it wasn't quote unquote perfect. There is nothing. Perfect is so subjective because for you, a perfect meal might be too salty for me. For me, a perfect vacation might be too sunny for you. So perfect is ridiculous. Yet I think we all hold ourselves sometimes to the high bar of perfection. The problem with that is it is such a high bar. It is unreachable. Mm -hmm. When somebody is always trying to be perfect, they end up feeling less than. You feel like a failure. But to your point, when somebody is just trying to be the very best they can, I think in, in, in your team, on your team, you strive for, is it progress over perfection? Is that what you're kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I, I probably say it to the team at least once a week. And I think we, we echo that statement a lot, whether it's, whether it's workflows or client experience or this or that. The idea that something will always be set in stone is perfect and this is the way it should be is not a reality. It, it, we're progressing to get better. We want to improve, you know, always. And so, yeah, that's that's a mantra that we talk about a lot is progress over perfection. And I think, you know, for me, if I was going to, so you would probably substitute the word perfect as a goal for progress as a goal. Yeah. And, and I would say for me, and it's just funny because it's another P word. We're not trying to be like, you know, P word focused here, but I'd say presence and I, I realize the word presence doesn't, I'm not only speaking about physically present, but mm. presence where, where, where you're, you're there with and for somebody. I think about, you know, being a spouse or a significant other or a parent or a leader that when you're present, rather than trying to be perfect, I think it leads to a less frustrating existence. I think if I'm trying to be the perfect father, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to let myself down because I'm always going to, oh, I should have paid more attention or, oh, I didn't give the right answer to that. Oh, I should have given them this direction. Oh, I should have, you know, whatever. And I've, I've realized recently, like you and I, both our kids, which was adorable, were in this, was, were in this little show this past weekend, right? And there were two showings. There was two performances. There was a one o'clock and there was a three o'clock. And we were both there for both of them. And they were short. They were only, it was only like an hour long. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I realized that for both of our daughters that were singing in this in this cute show, that yes, our physical presence was important to them, giving them flowers and hugging them and telling them they did a great job. But it was also wonderful 
to be emotionally present and enjoy mm-hmm. it and laugh and and kind of enjoy these moments and be with the other parents and all this kind of stuff. And the show wasn't perfect. The kids didn't hit every note perfectly. Anybody that walked out of there going, you know, I'd give it a three because they were a little <laughs> flat. That that second grader was pitchy on that one song would be ridiculous. It was amazing that you even saw from, did you notice that from the first show to the second show, they got better? Yes. Did you see that? I did. Well, My son was also melting down by the second show because he's a little too little. So I missed some of it. But the best part was I walked out to go refill his water. And my daughter's running up and down the halls and getting a piggyback ride because she like in between her sets of songs, they were trying to keep like the kindergarten kids, you know, active and going and all the kindergarten kids are like running and playing in between the show. I'm like, what? If I knew you're out here, I would come out here to play with you. Anyway, but, but what, the reason why we it's amazing, but the reason why we enjoyed this experience wasn't because it was perfect. Right. We enjoyed it because we were present and yeah. you could see the progress over that perfection. I think, hmm. you know, the other thing is also when you think about this whole idea of progress over perfection or presence over perfection, I think it's also being able to deal with disappointment because life's not perfect. And there's a lot of bumps in the road. I always talk about, you know, looking at challenges in life as speed bumps rather than potholes. And, and I just, I, I so look, you, we both know each other and, and you know me, I know you, and we're very, we're very hard on ourselves and we expect ourselves to, to we hold ourselves to a high standard. Mm-hmm. I've recently started to get better about not worrying about being perfect yeah, and just saying, did I have impact? Did I make a difference? Did I, did I bring something to the table where I helped somebody feel better, do better or achieve more? I think in your world, it would be the same thing. Is, I know it's probably not an equivalent, but let me ask you a financial question, but there's also kind of symbolism behind this for the greater picture. If you prevented me in a bad market from losing money, so you kept me neutral in a bad market, isn't that almost the same? And if I'm wrong, you can just say, no, Rich, it's not. Isn't that almost the same as helping me make money in a good market? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think avoiding a loss is just as valuable as participating in a gain. It's kind of like in sports, right? And you know, I'm such a sports guy. I know so much about it. Um, kind of in sports, it's kind of like defense versus offense, right? It's super exciting to have your baseball team keep on scoring and make home run after home run after home run. Yeah. But I know from watching a little bit of baseball with you, because you're a huge baseball fan, and I got to share a special moment when you got to see your Braves win the World Series, and I, I have it on video, so it's super cool. Um, it's also really important to be able to strike out the other team, right? Just to, yeah. to be able to, right? So, yeah. so I think sometimes it's that that striving for perfection is kind of tied to being able to deal with something that doesn't go perfect or doesn't go your way and how you come out of it. I mean, you've had to deal with something like that recently, right? Well, yeah. Baseball is such a fun analogy because, you know, you could be a hall of fame baseball player and seven out of 10 times you strike out or foul out or get out. You're out. Seven out of ten is like so. Three and does that out of ever apply? Times, does that does that apply to any other sport or no? Right, like baseball is a unique in that way, isn't it? I think of? baseball is a little unique in that way, and I also think baseball is is it's a very team oriented sport, but you feel very it's very individual based as well because you are up at the plate and you are the like you're the focal point of that at bat, right? If you're batting, let's say. 
or if you're pitching and you're trying to get this person out, it's you versus them and you have the whole team backing you up. But like, it's this interesting phenomenon of a team sport based on very, very individual play. And seven out of 10 times you could get out. And if you get on base those three other times and you make that a consistency of your career, that's a hall of fame career, which is probably the perfect analogy that perfection doesn't exist and can't exist. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's probably the single sport that has the most failure rate that, but you could still be successful with such a high failure rate, I think is my, it's kind of my point. And, and so I think it's like how, how we deal with failure, you know, yeah. and it's how you look at like, you've had situations in your life where, um, I don't know if, if you want to talk about recent stuff, but you've had situations in your life where, you know, you were hoping for something to come through and yeah. it ended up not happening. And instead of being crushed. I know that that you and your wife kind of chose to look at this in kind of a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a couple of different thoughts that I have. The first one is, as you were talking, I was thinking about, so I have this daily planner and it's, um, I, you know, I don't do a lot of journaling or note taking in that way, but every day you write, you know, what are three things that you hope to, to, that will happen today to make this a good day. And, and then at the end of the day, you kind of reflect, you know, so it's like an AM exercise and a PM exercise. And what I got to tell you is like, when I write down, like, what are the three things? And it's stuff that like I can control. It's not like the weather's nice today or, or the markets are up today. The day would be great today if the Dow was up 500 points. No. Um, and so what it ends up being, at least what I write a lot, like if you flip through those pages, which I've done this a few times too, I see this trend and it's a lot of, um, there, there's the word that I use a lot actually is, is presence. You know, I'll say to be present with my children, to physically be there, not, not just, or, or I'm sorry, to, to emotionally and mentally be there, not just physically be there, but to truly be present in a moment with them. Um, and, uh, you know, another one, I don't actually write the word progress, but it might be to do better at XYZ or to to do this thing or to practice this thing or whatever. And, you know, if you look through it consistently, the thread of what are the things that I could do today to take control of my day and feel good about my day, it's progress and presence. That's actually the theme that's weaved throughout the whole thing. Which that's crazy. Is crazy. And I, I did not yeah. know that, honestly. And, and for me, it, it's funny because I don't use the word progress in mind as much. I use the word learning. And yeah. what, what I came across, and I put this in one of my talks not too long ago, and I said, you can re, there is such a thing. So let me just be clear. Cause I'm not like talking about participation trophies here. You can lose, your team can lose the game. You can lose a client. You can lose a patient, you know, as a surgeon or as a nurse, you know, if somebody passed away that you were trying to save. So I, I, I'm not, don't, don't think me ignorant here. I'm talking kind of symbolically, but what I've decided to say to myself is there's no losing. There's only learning. Yeah. And I've, I've written that down many times in my journal so that there's been situations where I felt that I was not as successful as I wanted to be at something where maybe I didn't do as good a job at a speaking, you know, you know, gig where I just didn't feel like I really, you know, bowled over the audience the way I wanted to, yeah. or in a call I didn't, you know, or whatever. And, or even in a conversation or even I've had conversations with my kids or something with my wife. I'm like, man, I, man, I, was, I really lost that. Or, you know, I, lost, I and I said, you know what? What did I learn from it? So when I journal, I, I'm, you know, I'm big on gratitude. I write down what I'm grateful for. And then I try to write down something that I've learned. What did I learn today? What did I learn today? For example, I'm going to give you an example of something that I learned a while ago when I'm preparing talks. And I know that you, you know, are, you do talks, you, you give, you know, you do 
speeches about presentations on retirement yeah. and all this kind of stuff. You did one recently, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I have found that when I do, when I run it through 10 times, so if it's a one hour talk, if I run it through 10 times, which is equivalent to 10 hours. Now, of course, not in one day over the course of, let's say five days before the talk, after I've built it and prepared it. And if I do it two times a day for five days so that I can mark off 10 times, 10 hours, that talk will be better than one that I did three or four times in practice. So that came from a time that I did a talk that I had to put together on short notice. It was good, but it wasn't my best one. And I looked back and I saw that I ran it through about five times. So instead of feeling like I lost, I said, well, let me double that. And what will that do? So the next talk that I had to prepare when I created new content, I did it 10 times, which some people thought was like, some of my coworkers were like, you do it 10, that's 10 hours. That's legit. Sometimes it's even more than that, but 10 is my minimum. That will be a good talk. That's a very interesting. So I I like to hear you say that because I was going to draw a parallel to a speech that I did last month. And I sit here as we're talking about this today, thinking like, you know, we're talking about the poison of perfection and how that's impossible to be perfect and all that stuff. And it's like, it's all stuff that makes sense. And I think anyone listening to this would identify with. Um, But yet, you know, here I am sitting in my thoughts a month ago at the end of a presentation that I gave, driving home from that, sitting at home afterwards, thinking like, well, that didn't go as that, you know, I didn't land the close the way I, not the close, but like the closing statements the way I wanted to, or, man, I should have said this and I didn't say that. And I was going to ask you, which you kind of answered it. So, but I was going to ask like, you know, how do we, we, we're talking about this whole idea that there's no such thing as perfection. And it, it feels nice to say like, yeah, focus on progress, focus on presence. And yet here I am, you know, someone who knows that this all to be true and yet beating myself up over what was otherwise like a pretty good presentation and conversation. And I got, you know, a lot, you know, people, you know, told me that it was too, but it didn't matter. I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it was as good as what I practiced or what I knew I could do. And so therefore not happy with, with that. And, and so I think what you shared with, at least in that exact instance is, okay, well you maybe just maybe hear me out here, but like, as much as we love being positive on the show and all that stuff, there's, there's a time where in a place where it is okay to maybe be a little upset and to focus on like, how could I have done this better? Sit in that for a minute and then 100%, learn from 100%, it and, and pick up and, and move on the next day. 100%. It's like I said, even in the, in a survey, you can survey yourself and say on a scale of one to five, how did I do on that talk? And yeah. maybe you'd give yourself on that talk a 3.8. And my last talk that I gave, I, I'd, I'd give myself a 7.9 because it was a very small last talk I gave that they, there wasn't a lot of people showed up. Is that up on a scale of 10 or a scale of five? Is it a scale of 10. Okay. I thought we were saying on a scale of one to five, and you're like, I'd give myself like a 7.8. I was like I mean, a 15. <laughs> no, and I gave myself a lower score because I was tired. My internet was like, you know, so it's okay to sit with, like I said, with disappointment, you know, yeah. the whole expression again. And, and, you know, there's a reason why expressions stand the test of time. When somebody says recently, I've heard a lot of people, including myself say, it's okay to not be okay. You know, when I lost my mom last year, it it was okay for me to not be okay. I didn't have to be happy that day. It was okay for me to be a little distracted. It was okay for me. And I gave myself some grace. You know, I I gave myself some grace. And I think people get, this is what frustrates me about myself. And it's, it's striving for perfection, then not hitting it, 
then beating yourself up. That's the problem. What a but vicious then, cycle you could be in. Right, that's all right. you did. Yeah. But but then even if you say, well, I'm not trying to be perfect, but I wasn't my best. So now, or this didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So then you still beat yourself up. So even when you're able to go, well, I'm not trying to be perfect. I just want to be my best. But it's also realistic to say, I wasn't my best. I just, I own it. I didn't do my best. I was tired. I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't plan well. I didn't study for it. You know, my son who's 13 is in all these honors classes and all this kind of stuff. You know, not too long ago on a project, he got like a B minus that he worked really, really hard on. Here's the frustrating thing. He gets this project, he gets a B minus and he was really, it was a subjective graded project, by the way. He really worked hard on it. And this friend of his who did their project in the car on the way to school that day got an A minus. And this really <laughs> bothered my son. And we talked about it. And I was like, did you do your best? He's like, dad, I worked my butt off on this. I go, did you really? You, you And he did. And I was like, you know what? You're just going to have to learn that sometimes there's going to be a teacher. There's going to be a boss. There's going to be a coworker. There's going to be an ex that just for whatever reason, it wasn't what they, it, they whatever. Funny thing yeah. is, you know, it, it, he still felt a little bad about it, but he felt a little better about it. And I think that this poison of perfection has to be tied to also being able to sit with that didn't go the way I wanted. Then that, mm -hmm. that, you know, it, if you have a client that you have a call with and they go off on you and they're mad at you about, you know, this and, you know, my returns suck and, you know, whatever, and you can't control the market. But, you know, this is a person that just doesn't understand that. And maybe, in that conversation, it doesn't go the way you wanted it to go. You have to be able to afterwards sit with that and be mm -hmm. like, it's okay to feel like crap right now. But here's the important part. What did I learn? And yeah. that's why in my, my journal, I always write down, what did I learn today? What did yeah. I learn today? Well, fortunately, and we have the best clients on the planet. So that's never the situation, right? But I do think that when you're talking about learning, another word for learning is, is progress. Like, I think it's it's so cool that, I mean, this this was definitely, we pre-planned the topic of what we we're going to talk about, but this is sort of naturally evolved. And I, I really think weaving in this concept of progress and presence and replacing that with perfection is, or replacing perfection with those two words is just powerful. So, so here's what I, at least for me, this is what I want to leave people with. Yeah. It is okay to strive to be your best. It is okay to strive for that 10, for that five, for that home run, for that grand slam, for the 100% return, for the perfect speech, for it, it's strive for it, shoot for it. But when it doesn't happen, be able to be at peace with a couple of things. One, you did your best because in this situation, you, you tried your best. Second, second of all, was I present? Was I there? Was I, was I, was I invested passionately and spiritually and emotionally and, and, and physically? And third, okay, didn't go perfectly, quote unquote. What did I learn? What did I learn? Because just like in the book Atomic Habits, it's all about making incremental improvements. If every day you could just get a little better, Luke is trying, my, my, my 13 year old is trying to, he can't, he can't pull off a pull up. Like he's strong and do pushes, whatever, but we are going to the gym and working with the machine that puts a little weight. So it takes, he's working and every day he's getting just a little bit better. And I said to him, bro, one day we're going to go in the gym. We're going to drop the, the knee, the knee support. You're just going to grab that bar and you're going to do a pull up. You're not going to do 50, but you're going to do one and you're going to sit at one for a while. And then you're going to do three. Then you're going to do 10. It's going to happen. What we want to leave everybody with is, is this do the best that you can and be at peace with that. 
Give yourself some grace on the days that things fall apart. This is our third recording of this particular podcast. So we are giving ourselves grace that sometimes the computer fails, the internet fails, the Wi-Fi fails. But if you could reshape yourself to think there is no losing, there is only learning, take progress over perfection, and just try to be present and enjoy the win, enjoy the lesson, enjoy the wisdom, enjoy the learning. What do you think about that, John? Is that a good way to leave this? That's a great way to end it. I mean, that and I'm accepting inquiries for a new a new uh, username on social media that's better than the John K. So maybe <laughs> that John too. But. I love that. Well, listen, on behalf of all of us at Above Board with Candor Path, we appreciate you giving us 30 minutes and nine seconds, 10 seconds, 11 seconds of your time. We're grateful for you. And if this wasn't a perfect podcast, we're okay with that because you know why? We made some progress and we were present and we're excited to be here and we've learned from it. You guys have a great day and we hope you will share this podcast with other people and let people know that you're checking us out and that you love us because we love you. Have an amazing day. See you, everybody.